Growing up in South Africa, I was very privileged to have grown in and amongst diversity. To me, though, that was the norm. I never grew up knowing black from white, from coloured, from brown. We were all unique. We had our own stories that were not defined by colour or race or gender, and that was that. Unfortunately, due to systemic issues and factors like politics, our world has become increasingly polarised in today's day and age. From growing up, treating everyone around me as an equal, to having worked for a company where there was a clear and evident gender pay gap, I figured that the real world was not the one I grew up in. The bubble had burst. The shields were down and we were now out to fend for ourselves. Despite all of this, I'm very grateful to have grown up in a country as democratic and diverse as South Africa. It's had a devastating history during the apartheid regime, but seeing all the races come together and declare a democratic state in 1994 through Nelson Mandela, F.W. de Klerk and Ahmed Katrada all representing in their own way the diversity that South Africa had to offer. I had faith that there was a place for a future of true equality. As time went by, reality struck me, and I questioned how within just five kilometers of my own home, other families were forced to live in squatter camps and makeshift corrugated iron dwellings. Something had to be done to renew the fuse that was lit by Madiba, which started long before the 27 years that he spent in prison. I knew I was nobody, but I also knew that all I had to do was take a small step. And if a million nobodies just took one small step, help just one person, together, we could change the world. One person who was alongside me in taking these steps and has been by my side, come hell or high waters, is Tatonapo, or who I endearingly call Tuts. We went to high school together and I have never met someone as bubbly, undeterred, committed and carefree as this young woman. She's not afraid to have what most may consider hard discussions. She says it as it is, unfiltered, raw truth. And her honesty is what I love most about her. She stands for equal opportunity and women empowering other women. On or off the field, she was quite the prodigy at touch rugby. She's also one of those super healthy, super fit people who've tried to get me to switch to a healthy lifestyle. I'm sorry, Tuts, I just love pizza too much. None of her incredible accolades, however, have come without challenges. One of her more recent endeavours include a nationwide menstrual hygiene startup to support young women with everything they need when it comes to menstrual hygiene across South Africa. It's called Free Flow. Be sure to check them out. She's also an Alan Gray Orbis Fellow and a lecturer at the esteemed UCT, or University of Cape Town. Might I add, she's only 24. So today, we'll look at what it means to be a woman of colour in South Africa, and how despite the challenges, Tuts has sought to empower women and become a force to be reckoned with herself. 
So, Tut on Apple, aka Tuts, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you with us today. So, what's your story? Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing these days? And why are you doing the things that you're doing today? Hello, Arjun. Um, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you've asked some very loaded questions, so I'm going to try my best um, to answer them. <laughs> um, as you've said, my name is Tato Napo. I am a 23-year-old female from South Africa, um, which I think in our current context is a very loaded um, thing to be. Um, I went to school with you, that's how I know you. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am, um, I think... Yeah, like the like the the big thing, the big like watermark on me and who I am as a person is my mother. So I was raised by a single mother in South mm-hmm. Africa. Um and I've just always watched this very capable, independent, intelligent, strong woman um do things and just like lead ahead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and so I've tried to embody that um in every as way much as my possible. Type of. Thank you. <laughs> um and so I mean I have a lot of that in me as a person, I'm very much driven, um can believe I can do most things on a good day. Um <laughs> but also just as a personality I'm quite a passionate human being. Um so it's like all in or nothing, um very vocal and outspoken. Sometimes for the good and sometimes I burn my fingers with it, but it's all <laughs> part of the experience. Um I, I, I don't, and I, yeah. I highly doubt you burn your fingers. You say it how it is, you say the truth. The only good people No, that definitely that. has gotten me in trouble. I have definitely <laughs> gotten into a fair amount of trouble for that, but even in it I think I'm always learning. So, mm. yeah, I'm just trying Great. to make a life um trying to be human um i think we got described or i've been described as an insecure overachiever um and i'm working towards becoming a secure achiever <laughs> well 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 we will get to that in a moment and yeah i think when you mentioned we went to school together brought back the good old days um i wish adulting never hit us as hard as it did but um what can you do <laughs> So, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Sorry. Um I mean sometimes it's nice to to start things off lightly but I know who you are as a person and I know how important your story is. So I vaguely remember a time this is when we just finished matric and I think you you'd made your way down to UCT which for the other global listeners is the University of Cape Town. Um I vaguely remember a time when you really struggled with your mental and physical health. So what led you to being in a situation like that and how did you overcome it? Yo, do we have enough time? <laughs> um no, so I think just going back and I think you mentioning high school is so apt. Um I think we came out of a school where or rather the environment that we found ourselves in was to be achieving um and just performing at a really high level and so going back to that whole insecure overachiever thing I think is very important mm-hmm. that um I was overachieving to try and feel good enough. Um and so I came out of high school with like white blazers and all these accolades and like friends and all of this stuff and got to UCT um and didn't know who I was. Mm. Um I, this is going to be a te- yeah I had just ended a relationship that I subsequently realized I had wrapped my identity in quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, "Ah, oh, we're just going to break up like we're friends. It's okay." Mm. And it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> because I had kind of 
built this big balloon and that was kind of like the little piece on top and when that crumbled everything it, it was a bubble popping essentially right mm-hmm. um and yeah i just felt very inadequate um it was almost like imposter syndrome right and 100% imposter syndrome but also just like self hatred on top of that you know mm-hmm. um just really so, like a lot of self loathing and i think um i kind of went on a very bad way for a very long time um was diagnosed with an eating disorder which is actually just the last symptom in my opinion i think there's so many other things that lead to any addiction mm. um and the addiction is kind of like the final cry for help mm. um and so yeah i think it, because i'm as stubborn as i am it took a very long time <laughs> to get help um and eventually i was given an ultimatum by my mom and she kind of just said if you don't get help i'm co- like you're coming back home and that had been the threat for a long time and i was kind of like you can't pull me back home my marks are insane like look at what i'm doing you know mm. um but yeah i got to a point where i was also like actually i'm stuck and so i very vividly remember um going to a, a center and they said you need to come like you need to stop varsity and come in and I thought which finger do you want to see on my hand I have one that I'm thinking special for you <laughs> um and how you've got it in trouble in the past yes exactly um <laughs> and yeah I mean I went in and they were piloting an outpatient program so that was great mm-hmm. um but they also said to me that I needed to very much work on the things so I went to a meeting and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this but I went mm-hmm. to an eating disorders anonymous meeting it was a mm-hmm. monday mm-hmm. and I didn't want to go and my roommate at the time kind of knew what was going mm-hmm. on and she was like you have to go mm-hmm. um and so I got pushed and I went and I sat mm-hmm. there and for the first time I kind of had people say what i was feeling that i couldn't say to like my mom or people in my life who were just saying like just stop eating or just eat like you know because i mean mm. swing through both extremes mm. um and i was like it's not that simple like it doesn't work like that and for the first time there was a group of people who didn't necessarily have the same thing as me but they kind of mm. were going through the same mental battle and the same mm. experience mm. and i just remember getting into my car and just crying for half an hour didn't start wow. it like it just cried but it was mm. it was it was so beautiful to know that other people were going through what I was going through but were also healing mm. um yeah and i kind of i think that just led me into like a very um intense spiritual journey which i was not ready for either mm-hmm. um and just kind of really understanding what spirituality is to me and i mean now i can tell you that for me my spirituality is just the recognition of a higher power I'm not tied to religion or anything like that mm-hmm. but i just have a sense of self and i'm kind of like okay the universe is operating how it should mm-hmm. um, and i just need to honor who i'm supposed to be in the story and i'll be okay so yeah wow that's that's great and i think the key points there is you know recognizing the need for help and once yeah. you're in that space you know it's a journey to really go through it succeed and and come out of it so kudos to you firstly for um not only finding yourself in a situation like that but having the courage to acknowledge you were, you had something that you needed help for oh, yeah. um, and i think it's important for people to realize that you know there are going to be times when you need help and there will always be people that will be willing to help you um so yeah uh, that's that's quite inspirational actually Thank um you. so now moving on to i thought i'd i'd tackle all the most important topics in the world today with you because i know you're the best person to do so with ah. uh, what has <laughs> been uh, one of the largest or rather greatest struggles you've faced as a woman of color so firstly as a woman and secondly as if that wasn't enough as a woman of color okay 
do I have free free uh what carte blanche to say whatever, right? You have carte blanche. Go okay, cool. Um so I think you need to flip that the way that you ask your question mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. starting point. Mm. Um before yeah, I mean I've sat in chats where they kind of say being a woman of color is like being black twice, right? It's uh-huh. an it, it's an intersectionality, I think they say. Ooh, the English. Um that is just <laughs> <laughs> it's just it is traumatic. I'm going to say that and mm-hmm. it's hard um mm. because you are like you're doubly bad if you can say that and I know that's not English mm-hmm. but like you're bad twice <laughs> okay you know mm-hmm. and so when there's a fight being had for black lives you're there but it's black lives in a very patriarchal sense and you only realize that along like later like later down in the line and I mean mm. I don't know if you read what's going on at the universities but that's been something that's come up quite a bit mm. and then mm. as a woman you're fighting with other women but <sighs> it's white women who don't necessarily understand your plight as a black woman okay i see so that's mm-hmm. the one it's it's a very tricky thing um for me personally mm-hmm. i thought i had the recipe to maneuver that and recently i've learned that i'm still very much a black woman <laughs> in a lot of people's <laughs> eyes but i think in high school i struggled a lot with racism and it was very subtle um and a lot of gaslighting mm-hmm. was going on where i was kind of saying this is racist and they're like no it's in your head and whatever um mm-hmm. but i think mm-hmm. very early on i kind of was like i can't make myself more white i don't want to be more white mm-hmm. i can't make myself more of a man i don't want to be a man either mm-hmm. but what i can do is be really smart and really intelligent and be fantastic at what i do mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of worked at being better than everyone, you know, mm-hmm. especially the guys who are like oppressors in, in, in my eyes and in my story. How um, I was just, mm-hmm. I was just like, I just need to be better than them. I need to be more articulate than them. And I eventually got there to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard. It was really hard. And I think now coming into like a more corporate space and even like last year, and I've had fights about this where I'm saying me as a woman of color standing here, I have to be 10 times better than you before I even get like the door open. Mm. For me to be mm. in the room, I need to be 20 times better than you. And I, as Tato, know that. So don't come bullshit me. Sorry for swearing for those of you who are sensitive <laughs> <laughs> on anything because I have more than earned my space here. Mm-hmm. I have to be flipping amazing to be here. And so I am that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. me on a good day. But I don't always have good days. And so there's days where I do get swallowed up by imposter syndrome. And I'm like, why am I here? I don't even have anything to offer. I'm just this mm-hmm. loud voice. I'm just this ball of energy that's moving. But I think that it's, it falls upon those of us who have been given the opportunity mm. to be visible. To be visible in a way that's responsible. So, I mean, last mm. year when we were lecturing, I was thinking back, I would have never applied for a job at UCT if I hadn't seen a black lecturer there the year before me. Mm. Um, and she left. It was terrible for her. She left. She didn't last. And I'll probably get into a lot of trouble for saying this, but <laughs> nothing new there. Um, but, I mean, I saw her and I was like, damn, I actually can be here. And we did it. But even being a female black body it was difficult mm-hmm. you know you walk into a lecture some men think you're stupid and some white students even black students kind of like oh a black tutor or a black lecturer and so mm. i mean i was speaking to someone about this the other day that as a black person you walk in and your incompetence is pre-assumed for you mm. and you need to prove otherwise whereas mm. as a as a man or as a as a as a non-person of color you walk in and your competence is pre-assumed for you and you have to work very hard to lose that 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's made me stronger. Um, I make sure that my work is good because of it. So I guess like at a very superficial level, like my work product is good and what I mm-hmm. do is good. Um, but it does take a toll on you as a person. And mm-hmm. I mean, like it's never done. So like I had actually wanted to say with the mental health thing, it's not like you reach an end point. You're constantly working at it in the same way. If you go to gym and then you stop, you lose your body. It's the same thing with your mental health, right? Um, And so there are times when it's not great. And even being a black woman, there are times when I just can't be on all the time. And Mm. I think I'm learning that that's okay. And that makes me human. And that's part of what makes Mm. me me. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I don't think you could, you could have articulated that any clearer. And many believe, you know, we, we come from one of the world's greatest democracies or so people say in South Africa, yet, despite the history despite the struggles this is still something very prevalent um whether it's in the workforce whether it's where you're studying and it's really important to recognize that these are not concepts which used to be these are concepts that very much are and it's it's important that we all commit to making sure that such circumstances don't arise because I remember um, very clearly when when I grew up um, I never used to look at people from from a perspective of colour or race or religion for me we were all human beings first we all had red blood that's all that mattered but as we grew up in this very complex society it became more than that and that's when the lines got very blurred and I was like something's wrong you know um Mm. so i'm just uh, like all i can say is i'm really grateful to to have you as a friend who is speaking about this who's fighting for it day in day out and making herself a better person from it and and showing the world really that it's possible that when you work on yourself you know you make space for all, all the noise to really go away so um very for some of us right for some of us um yeah i think yeah like like just to finish off on that especially speaking about the african context i think right now mm-hmm. female bodies are under attack i don't know if you've been watching the news but like mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. are being like women not even people women are just being killed left right and center i read an article the other day of a woman who went to the police station to report domestic violence and her husband killed her mm-hmm. in the police station i mean we had mm-hmm. like like last year, I think for us was like the big catalyst with Uyi Nene um, and stuff. And I mean, I was on campus and that was so, like, that was really, mm. I don't think I've ever seen such a big, like, yeah, a big group of people mourning a life like that mm-hmm. because it represented mm-hmm. all of us. Mm. Like, in her dying, a little bit of all of us did, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something that the, the gender based violence is something that we're only just getting started with, but we need to mm. keep pushing um, and we will. Yeah, and so what allowed you to fight this challenge, Tats, and, and how did you grow from it? This being a woman of colour. And and all the other things that you faced as a result. <laughs> My stubborn ass in very... <laughs> as a short answer. No, I, I mean, as I said, um, I've watched my mom just defy all odds. So, yes, definitely a single mom. So, I used to be with her, like, a lot. Especially when she, when she was in meetings mm-hmm. at night. Because she worked in that space. 
and I would always just see my mom being the only woman in the boardroom but she held her ground she wasn't there to be pretty she was like you know she was fucking it up <laughs> she really was like mm-hmm. doing it and I was kind of like okay so no matter what other people think if mm-hmm. I want to do it I need to push and make sure that I can mm-hmm. um and that very phenomenal woman has made sure that I have had access to every possible opportunity mm-hmm. um that she can make happen and I think watching her push to make opportunities available to me made me want to take those opportunities with both hands when they presented them like yeah when they presented themselves right um and i was just like i can't not try you know um i think at the end of your first podcast you quoted beckett and i still quote that all the time i'm like i'm gonna fail better i'm gonna fail better um and that's what it's about it's about saying this is what i want to do i'm going to give it my hundred percent i'm going to give it my best and having done my best i'm going to stand Mm. and if that's not good enough then this is not for me but i'm constantly going to do my best and try um that's yeah that's some inspiration right there ladies and gentlemen for all those listeners (laughs) um so what is the one change that you want to see in the world today if there was one thing you could change right now you were given all the power all the money or anything you needed to make it happen um what would it be i would want women to own the spaces around their bodies that is Mm -hmm. to be able to talk freely about their bodies to not be having conversations about consent um, to not be reading about women being killed, mm-hmm. to not be hearing about girls not being able to go to school um, because they are menstruating. I would like to see a world where women are equals and we're kind of working together um, as, a, as a human race mm. um, to, to, yeah, to, to live beautiful lives, I think, um, in a place where women are not oppressed and women are heard and women yeah i think it's i want to say equality it sounds so cliche but (laughs) yeah like that's the end goal but Mm. from a personal like goal perspective i think i just want to be part of empowering women to speak about their bodies in a positive way um Mm -hmm. that's the current like goal outside of my day job (laughs) (laughs) and i think you're you're already working working towards that so why don't you tell us a little bit more about free flow Okay, so um, Free Flow is so I, there's I, I want to clear something up. Yeah, Free Flow is a brand, um, and then they started mm-hmm. an, an initiative. So I joined the initiative, mm-hmm. um, which was is actually still aimed at trying to open up the conversation about menstruation in a very positive way by firstly focusing on giving you the facts right the biological facts of what's actually happening in your body that for example Mm -hmm. the menstrual cycle is two cycles actually happening at the same time being the uterine cycle and the ovarian cycle which are both working together to kind of prepare the body to Mm -hmm. um like hold a baby to term right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's the thinking but in being able to speak about our bodies positively um we should also then feel more yeah more empowered and comfortable in our skin right Mm. Mm. and this so this idea kind of came up (laughs) um when i was in varsity and i Mm -hmm. just got an answer alan gray the alan gray orbis foundation um and they had it's a really rigorous process that thing um even when you're in like they keep you on your toes and we had to pitch and i didn't (laughs) know what to pitch 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was still kind of going through like the recovery with the eating disorder and stuff. And I had been put in a support group where, as I said, people were talking about their experiences. And it was so nice to kind of say, oh, me too. And, you know, kind of see that like when one person said something that was kind of weird or like a little bit difficult to say, it kind of opened the floodgates for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. if we could do this with women, like it would be so beautiful. And so we went and I mean, Alan Gray has this annual um, conference called Jabri where everyone comes together and we just pitch. It's like a big pitching thing and we sit in workshops mm-hmm. and stuff. And I pitched a jamboree, but before I went and pitched, I went in as a wild card. I was speaking to someone about the idea um, and yeah. imposter syndrome was very rife then. And I'm like, these ideas, like I, can, like I can hear them, but I think my idea can stand next to them, you know? And initially I hadn't mm-hmm. registered because I was like, my idea is not good enough. Um, and I started speaking to her about it on the walk to the bathroom. And we walked into the bathroom talking about this on a break. And I didn't even get to the cubicle because all these girls jumped in kind of saying, me too. And, you know, like, I like, you know, like, I mean, kind of like their own anecdotal stories of how they were yeah. scared or they didn't know certain things about mm. their bodies because they were scared. Mm. Like the one girl said, she, like her boobs are different size. Like she has one that's bigger than the other. And she felt so weird for so long about that. But that's mm-hmm. normal, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. But I think she said she was only 18 when she realized that. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so you were sitting there feeling so terrible about yourself for all this time just because we aren't even able to talk about basic things, you mm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our free flow, we kind of started in a safe space. Um, or, I mean, the, the the brand is focused on um, period poverty. So I was like, okay, this is a great project. We can start here. Yeah. It's not a taboo. Because I, I, I definitely do want to touch on other topics that are going to get a little bit sticky in future. But I think um, the the menstrual cycle or the cycle, I prefer just calling it the cycle, um, is um, a very safe space to start every um, body mm-hmm. that has yes. female reproductive organs goes through a cycle. Um, mm-hmm. And even in that, I, like, I don't even think it's a safe topic because there are certain things that we don't talk about, um, you know, with regards to the cycle like there are people who um were born um with female anatomy um and you know are now have um almost almost watched my words yeah have now um the the english is gone and are now (laughs) men oh and now identify as men right yes and they still um and they still experience a period every month and they still go through the cycle but they can't talk about it and I'm just like we all need to be talking about this and understanding what's going on because it's affecting people's lives every day as Mm -hmm. as I said that's not necessarily a safe one right because some people are very conservative like South Africa is so conservative let's start with that right it's really difficult to have any like left conversation because someone's gonna say that you're being offensive or whatever it may be but I think Mm -hmm. um yeah these are really important conversations just about bodies that need to be had and I think a lot of good progress can be made if we can just start talking it's not even about changing legislation and all of that like that stuff Mm -hmm. needs to come but um i think the first step is kind of within yourself feeling empowered and saying this is my body and i own it um and i can talk about my body yeah full stop that's 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 very admirable and i think you know you're really starting at the root level which is so important i think a lot of people try tackle problems from all angles but they forget to really examine it at the root and that's really what what you're trying to get at so uh, kudos to you as always i'm very proud of you and i think um all women um will be too uh so congratulations and i wish you grow from strength to strength 
thank you. So I think couple couple last questions. Um, mm-hmm. You're I remember you're quite the sporty kind. Uh, you you were an avid <laughs> avid um, touch rugby player rather. So what is something you've taken away from the sport and applied to your life? Collaboration. Um, hmm. Very very fast answer. It's like a big theme for me right now, but. Um, in touch rugby I mean you play with people who aren't necessarily in the same grade as you aren't in your friend circle um, or even in netball man I mean you kind of have to play with people who aren't your friends or who you don't necessarily gel with um, very well outside of the court or outside of the field but when we as soon as the whistle blows and we start like we are one team I'm here for you I need to make sure I'm doing my part so that you can do your Mm -hmm. part so that we can win Mm, mm, and, mm. and that was something that my hot-headed teenage self took very long to learn <laughs> um but yeah i think sports any form of sports a team sport specifically for me i just had to learn to just kind of be outside of myself learn that it's okay to lose um and that if we've lost yes be sad lick your wounds but then we get up and we kind of say okay where are the cracks where can we work on it where can we make it better um how did Mm. i let you down in this match you know to my teammates as well um where did i go off the handle did i let my temper go wild i don't have a temper anymore funny enough but you know did i kind of (laughs) are you sure about that one no i'm very sure i just kind of keep it in but yeah i just i've learned to kind of hold it and even the sports had to teach me that because if i lose it on the field um, then I can't collaborate effectively and then we all kind of, then I'm letting myself and my team down. So team sports is collaboration and working in a team, which I guess is encompassed by that, but just learning how to collaborate effectively. Fantastic. And I think, you know, those are some core principles of entrepreneurship too. Um, yeah. You can't really have an entrepreneurial venture without true collaboration so great stuff um mm-hmm. now i know you're all about empowerment so in, in your concluding thoughts what advice do you have for the young woman of today to make their way in our imperfect society just be yourself be true to self um always and if it costs you know that you missed out on things because you were true to self Having said that, um, you may not know yourself yet, right? Um, and so also just take the time to learn who you are and learn what you're good at and learn what you're not good at as well. I think that's so important. I think always like highlight your strengths, but also know where you're weak and know where collaboration can prop you up and support you, right? Can kind of um, help you out. But just be true to who you are. If you are, and I'm going to use myself, if you are a loud, fast-speaking, overly energetic like ball of energy (laughs) be that i mean when i have tried to be what other people expect me to be i have done work and it's been okay i've done things but i have not like i want to say shone but i haven't kind of lived in my truth and done as well as i could have right but when Mm -hmm. i've walked into spaces even now in this corporate environment that i find myself in um when i walk into spaces and i'm myself that is very friendly and like talking to people um and getting to know people I kind of, yeah, I kind of get the most out of myself and also just whatever situation I'm in. So even now in order, like I move, I mean, like we move from team to team, but I still speak to people from at, like at least one person from every team I've been on. And I know what's happening in their personal lives and stuff like that, because that's me. 
mm. I want to connect. I'm like, tell me your story. I'll tell you my story. You know, I'll be vulnerable. Let's do it. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> let's be bubbly. Like, let's be like personable. And that even translates into me interacting, say, with CEOs and CFOs. I've had some really not fun conversations where I'm kind of saying to someone, "You're wrong." And normally people would back down, right? And when I have tried to be this perfect ideal, like ideal auditor, I get blown out of rooms. People are like, "You don't know what you're saying. Get out." But when I come in as Tato, <laughs> as my no, I've definitely been kicked out of rooms, hey? and then you have to like, like get your tail between your legs and kind of run back. But when I run back, I make sure that I'm going there as Tato, saying, "This is actually what I've gone through. I've prepared all of the stuff to come and show you this issue, right? And mm. so this is where I'm at. But I think it's it's to ensure that I'm approaching this person as Tato, not as the auditor." And that makes mm, the mm, biggest mm. difference. Um, it's very hard to be yourself all the time. I'll definitely admit that because we all want to be accepted and we don't want to be judged and stuff like that. But I think I've reached a point within myself where I'm like, this is who I am right now, and that will change as I grow. Um, but this is me. This is my truth. And as long as I make sure that I'm honoring my truth, I can never regret anything in life. Hmm. This is who I am. Well, wow. exactly. That's. Yeah. I, I think I just want people to listen to everything you've said today so closely and just absorb it because it's not often you get this kind of energy from someone and I've <laughs> loved that about you, uh, which is why you know throughout the years we've we've remained friends and I think um, it's also important to mention. What a great pillar you've been for me, because you know, I still remember the day when when my father passed away. Um, of the very few people that that were around, you know, you were one of them. You gave up your time. You were there for for me and and my mother as a family. And despite everything you've been through, everything you go through, everything you're going through. Um, you still make sure to always make time for those that you care about and not not a lot of not everyone is is cut from the same um the english obeys me yeah not everyone is cut from the same cloth i think yeah. Um, yeah so yeah i just want to say thank you and i'd really encourage everyone to listen to today's episode and just be who they want to be really mm-hmm. so i can't thank you enough Tats, thank you so much for your time. No, and, thank you, uh, Arjun, for having me. I'm literally like, me? Am I good enough to be here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. you are, and I'm sure the listeners agree so too. So, um, can't wait to see all the incredible things you accomplish in in the near future, and all the best. And thank you so much. Have thank a you, great Arjun. Sunday. That energy just makes my day. I hope you've all enjoyed our chat with Tato today, and I hope that we can all reflect on the important issues we spoke on. One of South Africa's leading advocates, Tuli Madonsela, has said, "As long as there is injustice somewhere, there cannot be sustainable peace anywhere." Let me know what you all think in the comments below, and show your love. Subscribe to the Arj Speaks podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find me on Anchor. Links to bio everywhere this is posted. Until next time, alvedan dosto.